Preface and Chapter One of Pioneer Work in the Alps of New Zealand, a record of the first exploration of the chief glaciers and ranges of the Southern Alps. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Gail Timmerman Vaughan.co.nz. Pioneer Work in the Alps of New Zealand. A record of the first exploration of the chief glaciers and ranges of the Southern Alps by Arthur Paul Harper. Preface and Chapter One. In the years 1889, 1890, 1891, 1892, I made holiday expeditions to the Tasman district of the Southern Alps, and in 1893, 1894, 1895, was employed by the New Zealand government to explore the valleys and glaciers of the west coast of the South Island. I do not pretend to have made many high ascents, but base my claim to be considered an authority on the Alps of New Zealand on the fact that I have shared in the first exploration of nearly every glacier in the central position of these mountains. It is not right in my opinion for one who has special knowledge on a subject of general interest to keep that knowledge to himself, and for this reason, as well as with the object of recording our work and helping others by our experiences, I have ventured to write the following pages. The work of map-making and topographical exploration is sometimes undervalued, and a man's capabilities and exploits too often estimated by the number of high ascents made and new routes discovered by him, without considering the usefulness of the results. It is impossible to map the country without a vast deal of hard and more or less monotonous work, and those who in after years make use of the maps are apt to forget this we too frequently find climbers ignoring those who have preceded them and whose work has materially helped them some even attempt to add to their own exploits by omitting to acknowledge their predecessors work this is especially the case in the opening up of a country that is little known and it is therefore right that a record of the first explorations should be made i have in the following pages recorded all the pioneer work which has materially contributed to the present topographical knowledge of the central portion of the southern alps not having studied any of the standard books on glacier science my theories and conclusions are the results of the observations of several years and i may have dwelt unnecessarily on points which are well known to those who are authorities on the subject of adventures we had of course enough to satisfy any ordinary human beings but they were so bound up with the work that we were apt to take them as a matter of course i have however in recording our progress described a sufficient number to convey an idea of the conditions under which the work had to be carried out if the life was rough i fear my account of it is rougher but hope that the facts here set down may be none the less interesting because they appear in somewhat crude language should any fellow member of the alpine club decide to come and climb our peaks i shall be only too glad to give him all the information in my power and trust that he will take this offer seriously and write to me should he need advice the map published in this volume has already appeared excepting a few additional details which i have since added in mr e a fitzgerald's publication before leaving the survey office in hokitika i helped the draughtsman to record the results of mr douglas's and my work on the map at mr fitzgerald's request in order that the tracing which was sent to him might be quote, up to date end quote for though the last of the unexplored country had been mapped by us before his arrival in new zealand it had not been transferred to the standard map arthur p harper january eighteen ninety six note it is considered desirable to state 
that the letter announcing the transmission of the manuscript of mr harper's book is dated christchurch new zealand march eighteen eighteen ninety six the manuscript was received in england on may eighteenth t fisher unwin End of note. chapter one introductory remarks on the southern alps and climbing in new zealand the main features of the mountain system of the south island of new zealand are tolerably well known and need only be generally referred to here beginning at the north end of the south island we find in nelson and marlborough provinces numerous ranges spreading from coast to coast and reaching in some instances an altitude of nine thousand feet amongst these hills very little flat land is to be found though there is a vast area of low undulating grass and forest country well fitted for pastoral purposes though no glaciers exist in this part of the island there are many grand peaks on which snow is found during most of the year while the lower spurs are often clothed with luxuriant forest of which a considerable area has been cleared and opened up for settlement further south these ranges draw together till in the southern alps they form a great mountain wall running from north-east to south-west which sends off a number of spurs rising into bold ice-clad peaks and for upwards of one hundred miles presents a snowy barrier between the west and east coast districts to the eastward the southern alps send out great buttresses or offshoots terminating suddenly in the broad canterbury and mackenzie plains which form by their absolute flatness and vast extent a striking contrast to the peaks behind to the westward they slope rapidly and in many cases fall in sheer precipices for some thousands of feet to the coast leaving about ten miles of comparatively level country between them and the sea until the sounds of otago are reached here in the province of otago the chain spreads out again from coast to coast in lower hills amongst which are flourishing farms and sheep stations on the eastern side of the island while on the westward side the mountains rise abruptly out of the sea to a great height amongst the otago hills lie the beautiful lakes of wakatipu tianao wanaka etc which are backed by mounts aspiring Ernslaw and other fine alpine peaks reaching in some instances over nine thousand feet as the subject matter of this book is confined to the central portion of the southern alps amongst the larger glaciers and highest peaks a short description of the general topography of the mountains to the north and south of that district will be sufficient between christchurch on the east coast and hokitika on the west coast a coach road unsurpassed by any i have seen elsewhere runs over arthur's pass at an altitude of a little over three thousand feet a railway presenting some formidable engineering difficulties is now in course of construction by this route for some distances south of arthur's pass the southern alps only rise above the snow line in the peaks there being many passes free from snow in the summer many fine glaciers exist however at the head of the waimakariri river which rises near the pass and flows eastward south of this river is the rakaia which makes its rise from the glaciers on the main range and those of mount aerosmith and the surrounding peaks the chief sources being the ramsey and lyle glaciers both of considerable size the latter at present is practically unexplored the peaks in this locality are very fine the chief one mount aerosmith nine thousand one hundred and seventy one feet being an offshoot of the main range and forming a splendid group of rock peaks comparatively little beyond general information is known of this locality from an alpine point of view only one or two parties have been there for short visits but it is easily accessible as there are sheep stations and homesteads within easy reach of the chief points of interest note new zealand alpine journal volume one page one hundred and forty two 
End of note. Alpine passes ought to be found over the dividing range without difficulty at this point, and no doubt before long we shall have more accurate and detailed knowledge of what ought to prove a very interesting district. The only record of a transalpine pass in this district is that made by Mr. G. J. Roberts and his survey party in the 70s when he ascended a branch of the Wanganui River on the west coast and reached the watershed. Afterwards, the same party, having come round by coach to Canterbury, carried their triangulation up the Rakaia River and joined the west and east coast surveys, ascending to the same point on the divide, thus proving a pass practicable. South of the Rakaia, the Rangitata River flows from two or three glaciers of more or less second-rate importance, as compared with other alpine districts. Note. New Zealand Alpine Journal, Volume 1, page 22. End of note. Here again we find some fine peaks lying on spurs of the main range. The highest peak in this district is Mount Tyndall, on the divide itself, but practically unknown, as indeed is the whole of this district above the snow line. The next and last river flowing to the east coast, which need be mentioned, is the Waitaki River, one of the largest in the South Island. Its two main branches take their rise from the chief glaciers on the eastern slopes of the main range. The northern branch comes from the Glasson and Godley glaciers, under the name of the Godley River, flowing into Lake Tekapo, and leaves it as the Tekapo River, till it unites with the Pukaki River. The main or central branch comes from the four great glaciers, the Murchison, Tasman, Hooker, and Muller, and flows for thirty miles under the name of Tasman River into Lake Pukaki, and thence continues as the Pukaki River until it is joined by the Tekapo River, the two forming, with other more southerly tributaries, the great Waitaki River. My personal explorations on the eastern slopes of the southern Alps have been confined to the headwaters and glaciers of the central branch of this river and i shall give more detailed information of that district in a later chapter the western slopes and offshoots of the main range are very precipitous and the rivers though of considerable size are comparatively short and descending very rapidly have cut deep impassable gorges through the mountains unlike the eastern slopes which are nearly all open tussocky grass-covered country the west coast ranges are covered with dense forest to a height of three thousand five hundred feet to four thousand feet Beginning at Arthur's Pass, on the western side, the first river south is the Hokitika, which takes its rise from small glaciers on the dividing range, and corresponds to the Rakaia and Waimakariri on the east. Some thirty miles farther south is the Wanganui River, which drains a large part of the main range, and has four or five large branches, at the head of which are glaciers of second-rate size. This river has never been explored, except the one branch up which Mr. Roberts went in the seventies, and I believe that it heads the southern tributaries of the Rakaia River and part of the Rangitata. About twenty miles further down the coast is the Wataroa, another large river, draining the main range at the head of the Rangitata, Godley, and Murchison glaciers. It also has many large branches in the mountains, up which, no doubt, there are considerable snowfields and some fair-sized glaciers, but except the tributary coming from the Sealy Pass at the head of the Godley glacier, it may be said to be terra incognita. Some fifteen miles below the Wataroa is the Waiho, which takes its rise from some magnificent glaciers, namely the Burton, Spencer, and Franz Joseph, from the head of which saddles lead into the upper portion of the Tasman Glacier. Still travelling south along the beach, we come to Cook River, some twenty miles below the Waiho. This river has three branches and draws its supplies from the Fox, the Balfour, and La Perouse glaciers, 
all of first-class importance. Though these streams flow into the sea some distance apart, they are all closely connected in the ranges, separated only by narrow ridges over which passes could easily be made. Below Cook River, the Karangarua River flows into the sea at a distance of some six miles. It also takes its rise from large glaciers and has three branches, the Copeland River from the Strauchon and Marchant glaciers, the Twain River from the Horace Walker, Douglas and Fitzgerald glaciers, and the main branch from no particular ice field, but draining the northern end of the Hooker Range. These last three rivers, the Waiho Cook and Karangarua, draw their supplies from the highest and most important part of the Southern Alps, and correspond with the Tasman River on the eastern side. At the head of the Karangarua, a saddle leads into the Landsborough River, which takes its rise from four or five first-class glaciers, and flows southward along the foot of the main range for forty miles. On its right bank, the Hooker Range, a large and important offshoot of the main range, prevents it from finding a direct course to the sea. After flowing for forty miles between these two mountain chains, the river takes a sweep round to the west and finds its way to the Tasman Ocean at a point sixty-five miles from the McCarrow Glacier at its head. It is joined at the bend, forty miles below the McCarrow Glacier, by the Host, a small, unimportant stream coming from the pass of that name and for some unexplained reason giving its name to the main river from the junction to the sea. From the Rakaia River to a point twenty miles down the Landsborough Valley, the main chain practically rises above the snow line the whole way, sending off long spurs or ranges on the east, and more precipitous ones on the west. The peaks themselves gradually become higher, till in Mount Tasman, 11,475 feet, the divide reaches its highest point, Mount Cook, 12,349 feet, being an offshoot of the main range, and sending down all its drainage eastward, into the Waitaki. South of Mount Tasman, the peaks gradually become lower, and the range assumes a rocky, saw-toothed form, sending up high rock peaks with low saddles between them which, as the Host Pass is approached, are uncovered by snow in the summer. The Host Pass itself is the best transinsular route, being only 1,800 feet above sea level. Below this pass there are again fine mountain groups, rising to nearly 10,000 feet containing many magnificent ice-clad summits and glaciers of no small size. The principal of these are Aspiring, Lydia, Robinson, Ernslow, The Ark, Castor, and Pollux, etc., all untouched from an alpine point of view, with the exception of Ernslow, a fairly easy peak by all accounts, near Lake Wakatipu. A few miles south of Mount Sefton, which lies at the head of the Twain River, the Hooker Range branches off from the main divide and continues some forty or fifty miles south. This range is higher and carries far more perpetual snow and ice on it than the dividing range which runs parallel with it, for though the latter has many peaks rising to a considerable altitude, which would be covered with perpetual snow if situated a little north or south of their position, yet it is a noteworthy fact that here they are almost devoid of ice. The only reason I can give for this state of things is that the Hooker Range, being higher, cuts off the moist sea winds from the main range, thus causing a smaller annual snowfall. The principal glaciers and ice-clad peaks of the southern Alps lie between latitude 43 degrees and 45 degrees south, and in spite of the fact that this is nearer the equator than the Alps in Switzerland, the snow line is much lower here than in Europe, and our glaciers descend to lower limits. Taken as a whole, I consider that the perpetual snow line in these mountains 
lies between six thousand and six thousand five hundred feet or nearly three thousand feet lower than in switzerland i have seen one or two peaks off the main divide which have snow on them all the summer from five thousand feet upwards but these are exceptions caused by their shape and position the glaciers descend to an extraordinarily low level on the eastern side the terminal face of the tasman is only two thousand three hundred and fifty four feet above the sea and the muller and hooker two thousand five hundred and two thousand eight hundred and eighty two feet respectively on the western side this peculiarity is still more marked the franz Josef glacier on the waiho river has its terminal face in latitude south forty three degrees twenty five minutes thirty seconds and though it is within fourteen miles of the sea it lies only six hundred and ninety two feet above sea level the fox glacier a few miles further south descends to within ten miles of the beach and to six hundred and seventy feet of sea level the balfour glacier at the head of the central branch of the cook river has its terminal face at an altitude of two thousand three hundred feet these facts at first sight appear to be extraordinary but i think they might be accounted for by the peculiar climatic conditions prevailing in new zealand the northerly and westerly winds which so frequently come over the tasman sea carry an immense amount of moisture and within a few miles of the coast they meet with the great wall of the southern alps the consequence is a very heavy rainfall in some parts of the ranges amounting probably to one hundred and forty inches in the year even at hokitika on the sea beach the fall reaches a hundred and twenty six inches and it is far heavier in the mountains this great rainfall combined with the height of the mountain wall which the wind meets and which forces the moisture to a great altitude no doubt produces a correspondingly heavy snowfall and consequently low snow line when the map of the fox and franz joseph glaciers is examined it is not difficult to account for the low altitude to which these two glaciers descend they have immense neve basins and only a narrow outlet for the ice flow which being forced out in considerable bulk down narrow and steep valleys descends to a far lower altitude than those of the eastern side the franz joseph for instance descends over eight thousand feet in eight and one-half miles a fall of more than nine hundred and forty-one feet a mile on an average and from the lower neve to the terminal face the fall is still greater for scientific men there are several most interesting problems to solve and a great deal remains to be done by geologists botanists and others up to the present only those who do not mind roughing it considerably have gone far afield it is true that the main glaciers on the eastern side have been thoroughly explored and parties have for some years made annual expeditions to the tasman district climbing a few peaks and making a pass here and there but even on the eastern side of the southern alps especially north and south of the tasman district there is an immense amount of work to be done by alpine climbers the details and general topography however of the eastern slopes of the central district are well known on the western side it is only during the last three years that the ranges in this locality have been explored and mapped so far as minor detail and topography are concerned the higher peaks however have for some years past been trigonometrically fixed by the survey department from the west coast low country and it has fallen to the lot of mr c e douglas and myself to be the first to push up the rivers and glaciers and determine the details of the topography those districts lying at the head of the wataroa and wanganui rivers on the west and rakaia and rangatata on the east have practically been left alone by alpine men and as already stated the first two rivers named are almost wholly unknown in their upper valleys 
in the south there is work for years above the snow line on the virgin peaks of the aspiring group and also of the hooker range and unless more parties take up this most fascinating of all sports the completion of the work must be left to the next generation all the larger glaciers except those up the rakaia river have now been mapped and explored i know from personal experience every one of importance in the central portion of the southern alps with the exception of the spencer up the Callery river but many points of the greatest interest have still to be settled concerning their movement advance or retreat and also respecting the positions and effect of the large ancient glaciers on the formation of the ranges and valleys end of preface and chapter one